Professor Siegel, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today at the new Economic Thinking uh, Conference. First of all, let's do a, a rain check, should we? Why are we gathered here today? We're gathered here to, to analyze whether the crisis that the world has gone through, most severe since the Great Depression, should change the way we, we look at economics, think about it, and, and devise theories for it. And why do you think we got into the crisis we did? A speaker today has said he still didn't know how we got into it or even how we got out of it. <laughs> well, my, my view is that uh, there was over-leveraging in real estate-related assets, mortgages and outright real estate, in the United States by major financial institutions, particularly the investment banks. I'm talking about Bear Stearns. I'm talking about Lehman um, uh, and, uh, and AIG. And uh, uh, they, they were built on totally incorrect models of, of the risk that is in housing. And they, they didn't recognize that risk and, and thought these were safe securities. They overleveraged them. When the real estate went down, they tanked. And do you think we're out of that now? Because as, as evidenced by the, the problems with the Greek currency in Europe, could we be heading for another crisis? In a way, yes. Uh, you know, Greece is a very different situation. But uh, one thing we know about crises is when, when they uh, recede, we get to see who's strong and, and who's weak. And I think that uh, we, we get to see how really weak Greece is. Uh, their cost structure was just pushed up way too high. I always felt, and a lot of my colleagues felt in the United States, Although there was this enthusiasm for the euro that encompassed far too many countries uh, that just uh, couldn't have the discipline or, or the cost structure to, to join it. And I think you're seeing that uh, problem right now. And, and so, therefore, the kind of nervousness that the world markets feel is valid, you think? I, I, think, I think we are over the so-called housing crisis. I mean, we, we're still going to suffer the aftermath. It was such a shock. Uh, the Greek crisis is something else, and it's something that, uh, that Europe is going to have to deal with. And, um, uh, I, you know, my, my feeling is, is that uh, they, they should have retained the drachma. Devaluation is exactly what's called for here, but under the euro, uh, there's, 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 no, uh, there's no split up. It's a, it's a marriage without uh, any exit. <laughs> so, so dare I ask you, have you got solutions? For instance, you know, uh, would inflation help reduce the debt burden uh, of various economies, or, or would that be too risky? I don't think... Uh, Central banks would mind a touch-up of inflation, but uh, anything more than four per, three or four percent is is not good. I think you tolerate a little inflation that helps you on the housing price side, helps you a little bit on on the debt side. Um, although the official limits that bank that central banks have put are about approximately two percent, my feeling is they're going, they would tolerate up to three and maybe four. Anything above that, I think, uh, is, is, is too high, uh, and they wouldn't tolerate it. We're sitting here in the Keynes Lecture Theatre uh, because they've taken a break at this summit um, with a, uh, a bust, a statue of, of Keynes in the corner. Did Keynesian economics fail us? No. Uh, in some ways, it, it saved us. Uh, uh, 
there was two things that I think did that has brought us back, and one was save the financial system, uh, the, the Federal Reserve and central banks around the world flooding with liquidity. Uh, in a way, you know, when I grew, grew up in economics, there was always a battle between Keynes and Friedman. I think both were right. Friedman said you had to save the banking system. The Fed did wrong. They completely reversed it. They provided help for the banking system. Uh, and, 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 and we had fiscal stimulus, and we could argue about how much it helped or hurt, but I think it did help somewhat. I think both those helped. And the reason we are not going into a Great Depression right now is really because of um, not the failed uh, uh, stature of, of, of traditional economic theory, but I think of, of what we have learned uh, uh, not to do. Uh, and I think it has absolutely helped us. But people in this conference is going to look in one session at a new financial architecture. Doesn't it mean that perhaps the economic models that we've used in the past are not up to scratch? Well, the model that says you need no regulation, <laughs> that, you know, that, uh, that all financial institutions will look after themselves and we don't have to worry about risk, they can lay it off today. I mean, that is, that, and that was an extreme thing. And, and, and I think Greenspan, unfortunately, had in one way, reason he, he missed this whole crisis. Uh, but, uh, but we do need regulation. Uh, we do need higher capital requirements uh, th than we had. We, we have to have a warning uh, when, when asset prices begin to look like they might be out of line. None of those were forthcoming, and I, I think that's one of the, the failures of, of the regulatory agency more than, than any economic theory. Is economics a science, or should we get to the stage where we think of it as an art and put in more of the real social relationships that take place in the world, not the just hypothetical models. Economics is a social science, and the word social means there's human beings involved, which we can never model with a mathematical model. They, it's too complex. There's always that human element that's involved, and I think at sometimes we economists think we could build a rational man and put equations and put them as a computer, uh, but since we, we are far from understanding the human mind, really that sort of modeling is, is, is fanciful. What about the markets? Did market theory let us down, demand and supply, all that good old stuff? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there, there's a whole question, and you know, I'm speaking about whether the markets were, were efficient uh, or, or not. Um, I think they gave warning signs uh, that things were bad before really the officials admitted it, and then afterwards they saw uh, how high those prices went and how bad those mortgages were. Um, uh, and uh, you know, I you know the the markets often go to extremes one way or the other, um, but um, you know we we can't give them up. They're they're still the foundation of our our economic system. We're going to have to learn to live with them, regulate them in a way that they that they don't get so completely out of line like they used to. But clearly, I still think, you know, we still have to have markets, and, and we will, and that is important. How are you going to reassure people uh, in your address to the conference that markets are reliable? Well, what, what we've seen is, is the many of the markets have come back. Uh, uh, stock markets have come back. Bond markets are functioning. Uh, now, we, we were totally dysfunctional at the end of 2008. All markets were closed. They are working in foreign exchange markets, trading monies one way or the other, and, and, and at, at sensible prices. We're not talking about crazy prices here. So we, we are back. We are back. We suffered an unbelievably severe shock. 
it put the, uh, as I say, the world economy in the, in the ICU. <laughs> um, and it, it moved now to the regular hospital uh, beds and now is being released on, uh, on close watch, but is, is getting better, is repairing. And just finally, the conference is looking to the world, to how the world is dividing rich, poor, the interdependency of the world economies now, whether that's due to the internet, the speed of, of information, the new technology that we're all adapting to. But what's your take on this? Oh, absolutely interdependent. I mean, the globalization of the world economy is is proceeding apace, and is 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 uh, is and and the communications revolution that we're all speaking to one another internationally. We are one world economy. We will become more and more one world economy. And so we have to have a common view of how we're going to solve these problems, how we're, how we're going to regulate markets to help us, um, and how we're going to try to prevent uh, something like this from happening again. No, interdependency is, is here to stay and to grow. Finally, can I ask you that question then? How? How, uh, how will we uh, regulate? How will we uh, make th this interdependent financial global world work? I, I, I think we have to watch out for leverage. Um, we have to have various people that will warn when they think prices are out of line and, and, uh, and, and uh, have, uh, have systems that if, 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 in, if big financial institutions get into trouble, how do you dismantle them? You know, the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy is what sparked the world crisis. We did not know how to dismantle it. We did not have to know how, what debtors should get, what the creditors should get, and all the rest. We do for banks. We, we basically solved a lot with banks in the 30s. We did not solve them for the big financial institutions. We must go forward on that front. Once we take care of those, we have to remember one thing. 75 years, 1935 to 2010, we really survived without a major crisis like the 30s. We had another one. I think we're certainly out of it and nowhere near as bad, but it doesn't mark a failure. It, it, you know, 75 years is a good long time, and I hope it's a 75 years before we have another one like this. Well, we, can, we can both look to John Maynard Keynes over in the corner and salute him then. Professor Siegel, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. I've enjoyed it a lot. I'm most happy to do so. Thank you.